This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. And he was able to bring out all the 300 Messianic prophecies to point out to Jesus. And he was able to minister the gospel. And people came to the cross. People were being saved. People were added to the group called The Way, just by the Old Testament alone. And so he's saying, listen, it's no different. I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you see, they're missing a lot of parts in the very book that they have in their hands, in the synagogue, in the scrolls. When Paul testified about Jesus and preached the gospel to others, He didn't have the benefit of the synoptic gospels or the rest of the New Testament. However, he had the entire Old Testament and all the prophecy concerning the coming Messiah to prove that Jesus was indeed the promised one. In today's message, Pastor Eddie reminds us that all of Scripture points to Jesus, and therefore, both the Old and New Testaments are both useful in pointing others to Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie with today's edition of Running the Race. So Paul is, he's on trial. You know, the people that are going against Paul are against people of the way. And the people, the, the judge, the governor is against people of the way. If Paul wasn't a Roman citizen, he would have been dead a long time ago. But because he's a Roman citizen, I don't think even Felix wants the responsibility of his death. And so he's listening to him. He's a people of the way. And so the third charge that, that Tertullus and, and the uh, religious leaders bring against Paul says, he even tried to profane the temple. That was back in 21, chapter 20. Remember when we read, we read chapter 21? Paul, they told Paul, you know, James and all the leaders, which by the way, where are they? Remember when Paul made it to Jerusalem? He came back, you know, after his third missionary journey, and churches were, were being birthed out all over Asia Minor, uh, Galatia, uh, and all the Gentiles are being saved through Jesus Christ. And so, remember, he collected all this love offering, and he came to Jerusalem. When he came to Jerusalem, and James and the church, the very first church, the mother church, when the day of Pentecost, when the birth of the church started, you know, they say, hey, listen, uh, Paul, Everybody's heard about you. You want to you you be in good terms with the Jews and all of Israel? Just show them that, you know, that you have nothing against the laws of Moses. Just go to the temple. Here's a couple of guys. Pay for their worship. And because what happened, they took a Nazarite vow. And they see you there paying for them. They say, hey, listen, you got nothing against the gods, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You got nothing against the laws. And that's what Paul did in chapter 21. But when some of the Jews from Asia Minor who made it to Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost, for the day of Passover, they see him there in the temple. They say, wait a minute, that's that guy Paul. He's the one that's starting trouble and starting this, you know, this new sect, this Jesus, this people of the way. He's the one preaching the gospel there in, in, in Asia. That's him. And they went after him. All he was doing was worshiping God. But they're saying that he went in there 
with one of the Gentiles named Trimophius. Remember Trimophius? He was a Gentile. And you couldn't go into the temple. You go into the, the outer courts of Jerusalem, those who converted to uh, Judaism, Gentiles, they converted to Judaism. Yeah, you could, you're allowed to go in the outer court, but you had to be a Jew in order to go into the inner court. And they had, they had signs there in the temple. Any Gentile went in beyond that point, they would kill you. And Rome would not interfere. Paul knew better to bring a Gentile into the inner court. And they accused him of this. And that wasn't Paul. Paul knew better than to do that. He wanted to create peace. He's letting him know, listen, I come in peace. But this is the accusation that they are bringing against him. So I'm sure Tertullius was hoping, at least, out of all the charges that Tertullius brought before Felix, out of all of them, I believe that the, very la- the latter charge, he was hoping to have Paul killed. Because Felix the governor knew and the religious leaders knew that they had every right. If Paul was guilty, he's not. If Paul was guilty of defiling the, profaning the temple, you know, defiling the temple, the Jews have every right to bring judgment and kill him. But this is what they say in verse 7. But the commander Lysus came by and with great violence took him out of my hands. So in other words, we were going to judge him based on the law. We have every right. He was in our temple. But the commander, Lysus, came by and by great violence. No, he's saying he took him violently out of our hands. We were going to judge him based on our laws, and we have every right to. But we, were, we weren't successful because the commander came in and interfered. So these were the charges that they bring against Paul before Felix. Verse 7, but the commander, Lysus, came in by and with great violence took him out of our hands commanding his accusers to come to you by examining him yourself. You may ascertain all these things of which we accuse him. And the Jews also assented, maintaining that these things were so. So the leaders that were with the Tertullus, which is the high priest, Annas the high priest, a crooked, a crooked evil man, and all the other leaders, they chimed in. They were just shaking their heads, you know, like a bunch of bobbleheads, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true, that's true, that's true. Yes, he's right. And so after all the lies and the nauseating flattery, Paul is now going to defend himself. Now it's Paul's turn to speak. And Paul is not going to use flattery, not an ounce of flattery. Notice how Paul approaches Felix and defends himself. Verse 10. Then Paul, after the government had nodded to him to speak, answered, Inasmuch as I know that you have been for many years a judge of this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. Very short introduction. And he's opening up mentioning that Felix, uh, he opens up without even mentioning Felix's name. Unlike the letter we just read, remember the letter from the commander? He writes to, uh, to Felix, your, your excellency. Tertullius opens up his case uh, 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 with the charges against Paul. And what does he, he calls him most noble Felix. Paul doesn't even mention his name. Not to be rude. He gets to the point without flattery. And Paul, all he does is he points out Felix's experience and years as judge. Remember, he was a judge uh, for uh, around A.D., 52 to 58, and that's about seven years of ruling and reigning. Uh, not ruling, well, just being a judge there. 
And what Paul is saying, you have been a judge of Jewish affairs for many years, so I would gladly present my own defense before you. Verse 11, he says, but you may ascertain that it is no more than 12 days since I went up to Jerusalem to worship. He said, I went, it was only 12, years, 12 days. How can I, you know, form a group of men or, 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 you know, form a sect or a cult in 12 days? I've only been here in Jerusalem 12 days. I just arrived here 12 days ago. It's only been 12 days. How can I do that? And so in verse 12, and they neither found me in the temple disputing with anyone nor inciting the crowd, neither in the synagogue or in the city, nor can they prove the things of which they now accuse me of. They have no proof. What they accuse me of, they have no proof. Of their accused, there's no proof. It's all hearsay. It's all hearsay. What they're telling you, Felix, it's all hearsay. They have no proof. I went there to worship. Whether in any of the synagogues, whether in the temple itself, I, I, I cited no riot. I, had, I wasn't arguing with anyone. I was just worshiping. In verse 14, he says, But this I confess to you. That according to the way, that's Christians, the way, according to the way which they called a sect, so I worship the God of my father. In other words, if they're going to accuse me of anything, yes, I am of the way. You call it, you know, the people of the Nazarenes, you call it, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, you call it a cult, a sect. But guess what? I confess to you, yes, I'm a part of that group. I confess to you. And Paul, keep in mind, Romans did not like people of the way. They weren't for Christians. And he boldly said, knowing, knowing that Rome are not too fond of Christians, knowing that Rome considered Christians a cult, Paul says, I confess. He says, but this I confess to you, that according to the way which they called a, a sect, I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets. So wait a minute. Is it a cult? Believing the laws and the prophet, the things of your father? Yes, yes, yes. I worship the Nazarene, the Nazarene. His name is Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Yes, I am of the way. And yes, I confess. And I believe, I believe in our fathers. I believe in the prophets. What he's saying, what he's really saying is, listen, I don't worship a different God than they do. I probably just know him more better than they do, but I don't worship the different God that they do. I believe in the scriptures. And the scripture speaks of the Messiah. Let me tell you, Paul, all he used was the Old Testament. There was no New Testament written at this time. And he was able to bring out all the 300 Messianic prophecies to point out to Jesus. And he was able to minister the gospel. And people came to the cross. People were being saved. People were added to the group called The Way, just by the Old Testament alone. And so he's saying, listen, it's no different. I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But you see, they're missing a lot of parts in the very book that they have in their hands, in the synagogue, in the scrolls. Because in the books and in the scrolls speaks of the coming Messiah. So I confess I'm not ashamed. That's what Paul writes. I confess, I am. Even before governing authority in his day, he stands before, not ashamed of the gospel, and he confessed. 
He writes later on to the church in Rome in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Let me tell you something. This is more than what people really understand. And sometimes it's taken out of context, saying, well, I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. No, it's more than that. It's to say, as Paul did right now, as he's defending himself, I'm not ashamed to say that I worship the Nazarene. You're trying to downplay, you're trying to degrade it, say that our Messiah came from Nazareth. What good comes out of Nazareth? Our Messiah, Jesus Christ. But what Paul is saying is really is this. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of my Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, because anyone who died on the cross was a curse. You see, the Romans would think, well, your God was a Jew nailed to the cross? That's your God? Yes, that's my God. Really? First of all, they looked down at Jews. Second, those that were on the cross were cursed. That is your God? I'm not ashamed of how my Lord and Savior chose to die for me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's more than just saying I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. I'm not ashamed of how God himself chose to come down and die on the cross for me. And that should make us think of what he has done to really die for us. Here he left his throne in glory to be born in the major, to be crucified on the cross, to be buried in the tomb, and the three days he rose. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of that man that was on the cross. Here is Paul. He's, he's the minority here. The Jews hated Christians. The Ro- Rome hated Christians. And Paul doesn't care, nor is he ashamed. And let me tell you, saints, today, today in our country, in, in the United States of America, Christians are becoming more and more the minority. Christians are being attacked more and more. The media will not play anything that has to do with Jesus. The media media will only play anything that would degrade Christianity. They will glorify every uh, religion in the world and say it's a religion of peace when it's really not. But they will not air anything. You know why, saints? You know, whatever conspiracy you want to think of is more beyond that. It's demonic. That's the bottom line. When people don't have Christ in their hearts, they're going to follow their own flesh, and they're going to follow the system of the world. The saint is the prince of the earth. He's a prince of this earth. He doesn't own everything in it, and Jesus is the one that died for me. He's going to claim that. Come in Revelation. He's going to come with the deed and say, I die for this earth. I die for the people in this world. And here we see, we're the minority. I just pray that the church of Christ today, every believer in Jesus Christ, will stand up and rise up and stand boldly, confess and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and to say to the world, to say to a government, any elected official with respect, not just to be arrogant, but just to tell them that I am a Christian, I confess I'm a Christian, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where are the Christians today? And then we wonder what happens because we're not bold. We're only Sunday Christians or Christian because, you know, my mother was Christian and I went to church when I was kid. I believe we're a Christian family, you know, just by title, but not a Christian wholeheartedly that has a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Paul says, I confess, verse 14, but this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, so I worship the God of my fathers, believing all things which were written in the law in the prophets. I have, verse 15, I have hope in God, which they themselves also accept. So he's saying, listen, I have no difference in these people. The high priest, Ananias, and all the Pharisees and all the leaders that are with him, we supposed to worship the same God. I have nothing different than what they're teaching. I have, and I teach from the very same scrolls. And I believe in the same prophets as they believe in. I believe in the same God as our fathers believe in. He says three things here. I worship the God of my father. There's no different. I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Secondly, he said, I believe in all things which were written in the law and the prophets. I believe in the Tanakh. They call it the Tanakh, the Jews. They don't call it the Old Testament because, again, it's still new to them. They didn't accept Christ. They didn't accept the new, co- the new, the new covenant. They call the Old Testament, what you have in your Bible, the Old Testament, they call it the Tanakh. And that's what he's saying. I believe in all things which were written in the law and the prophets. In other words, I also believe in every prophecy that's been prophesied by the prophets. Because they prophesied about who? Jesus, the Nazarene. And the third thing, he said, I have hope in God, which they themselves also. Again, I worship the same God that they worship. Verse 15, I hope in God, which they themselves also accept, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. Now, remember, if you've been with this in, during the study, when Paul stood before the Sanhedrin Council, Sanhedrin Council of made of the 70 most powerful people in all of Israel that judge Israel and judge the law, taught the law, 70 men that judge all of Israel. Paul stood behind, before them. They're divided into two groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees believe in the spiritual realm. They believe in, in, in angels. They believe in the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees didn't believe in angels, didn't believe in the spiritual realm. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. And again, that's why we say the Sadducees are sad, you see. So here we can see that Paul is pointing and says that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both the just and unjust. So most likely all the leaders that are with Tertullius and the high priest Ananias were all Pharisees because they believed in the resurrection of the dead. And Paul is saying, I believe. Here Paul says that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. What is that telling you? That's telling you there's only a physical death. There's only a physical death. What happens after a physical death? Well, the just, the resurrection of the just, of those who would, who would be internally in heaven with the Lord because they believe Jesus Christ. And only through Jesus Christ. No other religion, only Jesus I know this world is, 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 is big into pluralism. All, all roads lead to heaven. It doesn't make sense logically. All roads do not lead to heaven. All religions doesn't have the truth. The truth is only one truth. They all can't be true. You can't say, hey, Eddie, you know what? Here's logically how it doesn't make sense. If you say, oh, you know, uh, you say, hey, Eddie, uh, can I, uh, give me a number so I give you a call. Oh, just dial any seven numbers, you'll reach me. One number off, you're not going to reach me. The same thing, if you put my address on your GPS, if I give you the wrong address, you're not going to find it. I mean, even you put the right address in the GPS nowadays, you can't find it, right? You let alone the wrong one, right? So see, logically, it doesn't make sense. Not all roads lead to heaven. That's pluralism. And the enemy wants to deceive you. 
But for the just that die, there is a resurrection. And that's eternal life through Jesus Christ. For the unjust, this, yeah, you would die physically and then you would die eternally. Your spirit. There's a spirit. There's another part to you. It's called the spirit. Your soul. And there's no between grounds. You either go to heaven or you go to hell. That's the truth. There's no between grounds. I'm just going to hang around here. I know I deserve, don't deserve to go to heaven and I don't want to go to hell. So can I just hang out here? No, there's no between ground. It's either heaven or hell. Resurrection, you're going to be resurrected either to be in heaven eternally with God or resurrected to go into eternal damnation. And so he's pointing this out here. Yeah, we believe in that. The Sadducees don't believe in that. Verse 16, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and man. I have a clean conscience, a clear conscience without offending God or man. I stand before you with a clean conscience. I am doing nothing wrong, and they have no proof for it. The only one thing I confess that they say is true, I am of the way. I am of the way. And so Paul says these things I'm guilty of. I'm a follower of the way. I believe in the scriptures. I am waiting for the resurrection. I have a clean conscience towards God and man. Verse 17. Now, after many years, he, said, he continues to say, I came to bring alms and offering to my nation. That's exactly what he did. After many years of ministry out in Asia Minor, the churches were being built. Uh, Gentiles were coming to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He gathers up alms and love offering for the church that's hurting there in Jerusalem. That's why he came. He came to worship, and he came with money. Now, if anything Felix is going to remember, he's a crooked governor. He's going to remember this. Money, ching-ching, you know, his eyes, you know, dollar signs. You bring money? That's all you We're going to see how that's going to play later on. Verse 17, now after many years, I've came to bring alms and offering in my nation. Verse 18, in the midst of which some Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, neither with a mob nor with a tumult. They ought to have been here before you to object if they have anything against me. In other words, where are those guys? I was in a temple, be purified, minding my business until some Jews from Asia, Asia Minor, saw me and interrupted my worship. That's all I was doing. Now, those guys that started the riot, those guys that yelled out, kill him, help me, help me kill him. That's what they cried out. Where are those guys? Those are the ones that should be here. They weren't here. They weren't there. Tertullus wasn't there. The high priest wasn't there. The Pharisees weren't there. Everyone that stood before Felix, neither one of them was there. Where are my accusers? Where are my accusers? This is all hearsay. Even in court today, that's hearsay. The person that actually was spoken to and spoke those words need to be here. It's all hearsay. Even if it's in a letter, hearsay in a court of law today. Where are the people who actually witnessed you committing the crime? Those are the people that need to stand before any judge. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy. Perhaps a family member or friend or even a neighbor came to mind while you were listening today. We'd love to help you share God's Word. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. 
from one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 570-296-7367. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at runningtheraceradio.com. Once again, you've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel in Milford, Pennsylvania. In the next edition of Running the Race, Eddie will continue teaching through the book of Acts. So please make plans to join us. On behalf of Pastor Eddie and everyone here with Running the Race, we'd like to thank you for listening today. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. Running the Race.